know, trauma drivers. We made it. Sorry, we're a bit late. There are some buttons. <laughs> oh, nothing around. But we're in. Five minutes late, but better late than never. And we're joined, Mel and I, by Dr. Nina Burrows today, who we're delighted. Thanks, Nina, so much for coming into the group. Um, I'm going to introduce you. Uh, oh, I love this bit. Yeah, yeah, but the bio back. Yeah. I'm like, who's okay. that? <laughs> okay. So Dr. Nina Burrows is a psychologist, author, and activist specializing in the psychology of sexual harm and relationship abuse. She has a passion for ensuring that people can learn about trauma in ways that are easy to connect with. In 2014, she created her first illustrated book, The Courage to Be Me, which is designed as a gentle psychoeducational resource for survivors of abuse. Following the release of the book, Nina was one of the pioneers at creating short educational videos on YouTube with her popular series, Sexual Abuse, The Questions You've Never Had the Chance to Ask. Love it. Today, Nina's the founder of the Consent Collective, which we'll go on to ask her lots about, I'm sure, which is an organisation that provides education around consent, trauma, gender and relationships to colleges, universities, police forces, lawyers, judges and judges and the workplace. Her latest project is the online course, How Do People Heal From Trauma?, which is a gentle pre-recorded learning experience aimed at educating people living with trauma and also for those supporting them. Nina's also the presenter of the BBC's Rape Trials, Is the Jury Out?, and patron of Edinburgh Rape Crisis Centre. And she's currently, we've just been asking her offline a little bit before, travelling the UK, um, holding conversations about healing from the injustices caused by sexual harm and relationship abuse with the aim of opening a retreat centre for her work at the end of her journey. Cool. You've been very busy. I've been a bit busy, haven't I? It was a long time frame there, though. Yes, <laughs> yes quite you're slow. going back over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. So thank you so much for giving up your time and joining oh, us you. today in the Trauma Thrivers community and on the podcast later on for those that are listening later. So I know we always ask this at the beginning, Mel, really. We always start with this question of... Can you tell us a bit about your story and how you got into the field in the first place? Yes, um, I would say luck um, getting into the field. So it wasn't, oh, that's definitely what I want to go and do when I was at university. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, was, I was finishing a PhD. I knew I didn't want to be an academic. Um, and I landed myself a job, which I wasn't expecting to do because, you know, it doesn't always happen when you're studying for a PhD to get a job straight away. Um, but the job was with the prison service and the team they wanted to put me in was actually working with people who caused sexual harm. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, I don't really want to do that, but I'll take the job and try and transfer into another team because I think I don't think I'm going to be well suited to that population. Uh, but as a psychologist, um, someone who's kind of deeply in love with and fascinated by our humanness, yes. um, it was it was just such complex, rich terrain. And um, I also started volunteering at my local rape crisis centre, and I've just been in the space ever since. Um, wow. It's um, it's a surprising, surprisingly. Um, I ultimately find it nourishing to do what I do. Like it's it's good for me um, to to walk these paths in this terrain. And and how long have you been in it? I mean, how long ago are we going back to you working with? Um, I would have been like two thousand and eight, something like that. That I was working with the prison service. So yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a while. Right. Um, and I've been unusual. I've been self-employed for ninety-nine percent of my career. So I've had an incredibly unusual career. I've been able to follow my interests and follow the topic area, 
um, so I've, I've got a really broad brush kind of understanding of the space. And sometimes, you know, if we need that wide lens, that could be really useful instead mm -hmm. of, you know, I'm not, I'm not a deep dive kind of, I know everything about this little thing. I'm like, I oh, like, it's nice to look at all of it. So. Wow. Yeah. Mel, were you going to ask something? No, I was just going to, what I was going to thinking about when you were saying that Nina is, is about having that, that wide lens um, of the way that we, the way that we're able to, to view things. And, and yeah, and sometimes I think that when I sort of see people that maybe specialize in kind of one particular area, that there can be pieces that get missed. Um, because as we know, trauma, well, as, as Lou and I uh, come the place that Lou and I come from is trauma is often what's underpinning most of it anyway um, yeah. so I think if if you specialize in just one particular area sometimes there's yeah there's there's bits that that don't get looked at through that that wide lens yeah you I cannot you maybe think oh gosh working with people who cause sexual harm is really different to working with people who have experienced sexual harm but wow that overlaps like you know there, there's a massive moral <laughs> element that of course is different but in terms of you know being able to look at yourself and self-compassion and you know the way i see it is is people paying forward their pain people yeah. who have not been taught how to um to hold resolve not project um know that that's an excuse it's just that trauma can help us understand what happened to you that you would think this is some kind of solution to your feelings and thoughts and all the rest of it. Um, and I, and then when you work with people who are on the receiving end of this harm, you can almost see, yeah, that the, the, the terrain is, is really similar. There are some differences of course. Um, but, and all of it, I feel like I've, without being smart enough to choose this, I've placed myself in this career of huge human stories like epic i feel like i work with mountaineers that's that's what it feels like I, I get to meet these people that have scaled mountains and i get to kind of try and understand their stories and it's it's just a an utter privilege wow yeah that's a beautiful way of looking at it and i the way i sometimes frame it and i to me it's helpful is that i think that you say passing pain forward and I I kind of think that we tend to as human beings either take our pain out on ourselves and become what I call the the imploders or we sometimes take our pain out on others and become more of the exploders and they're they're both coming from the same wound if you like or similar wounding but they have very different consequences yeah totally it's what 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 are you going to do with that because you're going to do something with it yeah. it's, i mean it's like the body keeps the score right so it's going to yeah. come out somehow um so then when you get to understand this world of trauma i really think if you if you're gifted with that wide lens it's, it really helps you understand like a lot um of of human behavior um so i think it's um you know, it's a really exciting time to be in this field. I feel like the the science is there. Yes. I believe the wisdom is also beginning to show its face. Like what I love about my job at the moment is I could read something that is basically steeped in wisdom and spirituality, or I could go and read the trauma literature, but they're saying the same thing. They're saying mm. we need community. We need to be heard. We need to find regulation with others. If we don't process this, Bad, you know, it will come out some way. And I'm just, yeah, it just feels like such a wonderful time to do exactly this. Do, do you feel it's it's come on in the last, because 2008 you were in prison and, and you weren't in prison, but you were kind of technically. You know, to now 2022, do you feel like things have really shifted and come on in the trauma space and yet, do you think that more needs to happen and change and shift because we're not quite there collectively around the word trauma yet? Yeah, oh. I can only see this shift in myself and I know that that's been epic. Um, yeah. I feel like 
probably a lot of the core knowledge was there at the beginning of my career, but it hadn't filtered through to people like me. I I, I see it as it's, it's spreading, isn't it? Yes. And and so that's why people like me can exist because I'm I'm one of those. I'm bridging the science with the people. That's really how I would describe my job. I'm kind of an educator. Um, and, um, but I, what I just came from a, a higher education seminar on trauma informed practice at universities. And, and you, you can also see like, it's great that they're having the conversation, yeah. but we have to be careful that being trauma informed doesn't become the next tick box throwaway statement that has no resonance or meaning behind it. And so I'm, I'm watching with curiosity, you know, I think it's everything we need is there but like everything in life it's a tool and as human beings you know we're not always great with the tools that we're given and and can we just hold this one with some wisdom because i feel like we really you know we we keep talking about mental health and we're overusing the word tsunami for everything these days and crises and it's just like this is a really a moment in time to use these these gifts um together um so the changes i see i guess is um i see uh, um you know when i when i was using twitter years ago and youtube like there weren't i don't know of anybody that was trying to bridge that gap now instagram is full of it i I don't need to do that anymore (laughs) like (laughs) word is out people want uh the literature but i feel like I still see too many examples of it being delivered in a not trauma-informed way, very mm. left brain, very, this is the information and not without that human resonance that the material needs. Cause actually, actually we need to be able to touch each other, mm. not just informing, we're not gonna PowerPoint our way through this one. Mm. Um, but we can use these tools that we've got to really connect and help people find resonance in in this information that we're lucky enough to have access to how do you how do you feel that your and what you're doing is is helping with that because what are you doing in the world presently right now right now i'm massively into community and uh, this process called circle which is just a way of coming together in groups that stops that workshop facilitator hierarchy coming in the room um right now i'm really thinking about how i make a difference and i'm trying i can it's almost like a snake you know you shed your skin like i I, i'm I'm, i think i've successfully taken off the skin that maybe we could even call neoliberalism which is this this idea that I can use my PhD to make a difference and and what people need is more research reports from Nina Burroughs and you know if I just work with the prison system and if I work with the Crown Prosecution Service and if I work with the police I can make them better um and I feel like I've shed that skin mm-hmm. and I've got really curious about the questions I've never asked before as someone who cares very much about this so I've asked so many questions about justice in my career so many and 100% of them were about criminal justice systems, whether that's a university system or our delightful justice system was all about improving systems. And you know, what? I'd never asked myself, well, all of those people who are not getting a sense of justice, what are they doing? How are they living their lives? How are their parents living their lives and their children and their family and their community? given that we know so many people are holding not just their trauma but alongside this this experience of not being heard of not being believed of not being validated by society and that's where i put my energy these days yeah it's such a brilliant and interesting topic nina and something that really we was as we were saying before it just doesn't really get touched on and I I don't know about I'm sure Lou definitely has this in her practice but I have clients that are just they they have either wanted to report something 
or have reported something and not had a great experience or want to report something but are scared to because it's kind of known that we don't always get the right support and and we don't always get the outcome um and I think that it's about being educated ourselves as practitioners to be able to guide our clients through that because I mean I have very personal experience with the justice system um from reporting my abusers and I was very young when it happened um but the what it left me with was was a whole load more trauma than what I had before that and there was nobody around I certainly didn't get any support from the the system at the time but there was there didn't seem to be anybody around and and even as I went to deal with it in my later life that really understood that Mm. and really knew about that and knew how to kind of help me help me through that so I think just having knowledge in the practicalities of what happens there is can be really really helpful as practitioners yeah totally like how if you've never encountered this system before and why would you if you don't work in it and you know what has happened to you is really big and really bad and you, you you've been on our society send you this message you know there's this oh right the the you know the the there I will be some protector will come mm-hmm. and this will be resolved you have no reason to not believe that that like, you're not foolish for thinking that mm-hmm. and yet we have a system where the more you know about it the more you're more you're like how can it possibly be like this it's wrong it's just wrong and then if you're working with this client group and of course you don't know if you're working with this client group don't make assumptions about people's histories and why they're accessing therapy and all of the rest of it so like this work is so political i don't even know where to begin and if if that hasn't been part of your training which I imagine it probably hasn't as a therapist, then you've got some work to do um, around what is your role in this? Because your well-meaning intervention might be to assist somebody to make a report because it feels like the right thing you do. But you could be opening the door to some awfully re-traumatizing experience where someone really feels like, you know, because my therapist told me and now the police don't listen. And, you know, like it's just you shouldn't have to armor yourself up to engage with these systems that are supposed to on theory be there to protect us but when you get into the politics you discover that they're not really there to protect us i mean that can't be what they're here for because they couldn't possibly afford to be as diabolically bad as it as they are so but no one's going to tell you this it's it's really it's tough it's it's hard um it's a hard message to deliver wouldn't we all love to say, like, it's awful that that happened to you, that's not right. And you know what, you're going to have this experience that, you know, you should get something positive from it. Um, Maybe you will, like, I think a lot of people have such low expectations these days, just if they get a good police officer, who really does listen, Uh, is that the only reason why I still, I still deliver training to police officers is like, you know what, it's worth staying just for that, if you can just make one police officer a little bit better. And, you know, when I reported mine, which was much later on, well, I reported two of them, you know, I mean, there were a couple of uh, things that were really not OK. But one of the things was OK was the police officer. Yeah. So she obviously had some really good training. So, you know, I am one of the, the very few people that had a positive experience by it with a very well-trained female officer. So... But they're only as good, as I believe, as the work that they've done on themselves and their ability to contain the material that you are disclosing. And how many police officers or, you know, anybody in the justice system has done any sort of trauma work on themselves or trauma-informed training of any depth or resonance where they can contain it? Because otherwise it's just how can you hold on to that stuff and look at the toxic system they're working in so even if you've done all the work on yourself in the world you place me in that environment and give me that job 
where I'm yeah. set up to fail day in, day out. Um, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's all part of the space. Yeah. And so we should be asking questions about this system. Like, what are you designed for then? Um, and I think the stuff that I've got really interested in is like, so you, um, Lou, you're talking about actually being heard properly. Yeah. Yes. Really helped. And, it, and it's like, yeah, there are ways that we can deliver a form of justice to each other that is independent of the system that is irrelevant and you know this idea that justice equals the person who did that to me being temporarily incarcerated in a prison for a period of time like someone made that up as you know that's what justice is justice when you get to the emotional part of justice is it can mean different things for different people but it's it's a lot of it is stuff that we can do for each other to be seen to be validated to be connected to be heard to feel like people get you like that this is in our gift um so let's do it <laughs> and is that part of the consent collective tell, yeah tell us about that so so we're a social enterprise um which means we are independent of funders um so we we generate a profit out of selling training to police officers and universities and then we use that profit to do the kinds of things that other people would have you know, get funding for. So it means that we can do stuff that maybe a funder uh, wouldn't be interested in or, or whatever. It just gives us our independence. And I kind of really like that. Um, and, um, and so th this work sits in our social justice. We don't charge for this. This is just us. This is why we do what we do. Um, and um, so this has been a project. It's been about two years now that we've been we started just holding online circles, getting curious about how do people heal from injustice. Where we've got to now is um, if you look at our process, like reporting to somebody, and if you're lucky, going to court, like this is actually our public rite of passage currently. It's, it's what we offer people. It's kind of a ritual. Um, it's, it's not a very good one, but some people get stuff from it. Um, we've created a, a, a public ceremony, um, like an alternative, or it should be complementary, uh, but for most people it's alternative, right? Um, but a process you can go through with other people um, to give you some of those things that you might be seeking, a validation and um, connection. And we've, we've, held it, we've held it once so far, we're still we're going very slowly with the work. But it's the kind of thing that I really hope we can expand as we grow and as our connections and relationships grow, because, um, you know, I would love it if, you know, people who are really passionate about this often, they want to do something and they want to give something. Um, and I think this could be something for some people out there, like maybe they can help make this happen for, for others. Um, so that's, so that's where that's, that's what we're doing with the work at the moment. And how did you hold it? What did you do in the, the one that you've done? What does it look like? Was it an, an in-community space? Was it held online? Were you together or? We were, it was, it was so beautiful, Lou. It was, you know, like when the universe just intervenes to make something already quite gorgeous, even better, like it was giving, wants to give you a thumbs up. Um, so we were actually, we've been supported by an organization in the States and um, they've been giving us, I guess, like emotional support um, whilst we do the work. Um, they heard what we were doing and they were like, how can we help you? Um, so they've, we've been meeting with them online um, whilst we've been doing all of this stuff. Um, and, and part of this is also traveling, which maybe we get into. Um, but we'd connected with them. We'd never met these people. So we're like, we want to come to you. And uh, they live in this beautiful part of the States. Um, and we went there, we met these people um, and they let us hold this ceremony in this retreat center that they had access to. And we were supposed to hold it inside, but that morning someone tested positive for COVID. So we're like, we better hold it outside. And of course, like nature's smiling and laughing at me at this point, because I've known for a long time that nature's just got such a huge role to play in my work. Um, and it was just gorgeous. We were surrounded by trees. The sun was shining. What were we doing? You know, I think some of the, the best stuff in life is so simple. You know, when you can make it so simple, it's profound. Yeah. So 
the, the important thing that we were doing that worked is a group of people had gathered around an intention. That's what worked. We all knew why we were there. We were all there to honor each other, to honor the group and to honor all the people out there who couldn't possibly be there today because, but you know, the, the issue, um, the things we were doing and there was some storytelling, there was, you know, some placing down of stones and lighting candles and singing and these things that us human beings have known for generations and generations is like, you know, that's the stuff that's uh, that's us sorting out our autonomic nervous system, isn't it? Like we need to sing together. We need to um, recognize things. We need to be in nature. So, um, yeah, so the actual ceremony is really simple. The profound thing is that we've chosen to come together around this attention and there's nowhere like I just give the work I do. I'd never attended anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And it was it was quite magic. Um, and so now we're, of course, figuring out where how do we how do we keep this a safe container? How can it grow? And um, I've always been a fan of slow activism. So it will go at the pace that feels right and it feels right not to rush. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's underway. And anybody listening or watching, um, how could they collaborate or get involved or help or do anything towards it? We've got a blog. This is our, it's a travel blog and it's our activism blog. And that's the home of all of this work. Um, so we'll put the link available. Yeah. Um, and, um, that's the best place to go. And if you subscribe to that mailing list, um, but we're working towards, we're building the safe container for people who want to come and help. And we're we're not quite there yet, but that's where it will be. Okay. It just sounds like it, it kind of, yeah, it's the bringing together of everything that has trauma survivors we need and and there were words that you mentioned that had been cropping up for me before you'd even mentioned them Nina like validation and connection and I think what this what I'm hearing is it's a space for people to be able to have a voice and I think I don't know about I don't know about you know other people but certainly the people that I work with and, and my own experiences having survived sexual trauma, sometimes finding your voice can be one of the most difficult things to do because you have been rendered so powerless. Um, and and to, to have those spaces to encourage. And even if somebody isn't able to have their voice in that space to to witness other people having a voice I think can also be incredibly healing as well yeah I think there's something so powerful in community that we could rediscover if we wanted to um some of the surprises for me in the ceremony was like we're very purposefully it isn't a place for disclosure. So we're a group of people gathered around an intention. Some of us of course have got lived experiences some of us don't um for some people there it was about their kids or their partner or their mum that they and and they had never had a place to take their sense of injustice about how this had affected them and then for other people they were very grateful to have a, they were like i really care about this i hate that this happens in our society and you know for the ceremony they were able to show up and do something and they were able to bear witness and say I care too and um and I think the beautiful thing about taking away the disclosure not placing we always divide it into the survivor and the perpetrator and then we forget this is all happening in a context of which we are all part of we are all holding pain on this issue because we are living in a society where it happens too much all of us like if if you um if you're watching this and maybe you think sexual violence hasn't got anything to do with you, I, I would assume immediately that you're, you're probably like a cis man. And I'm like, I'm telling you, women are reading you as dangerous because of your danger all of the time. And that must like, that sucks that we live in that society. 
um, we all have some healing to do around this. We all have something to give. Um, and so can we create spaces that, you know, that hopefully they complement the clinical spaces, the spaces where we do just focus on the survivor or the perpetrator or whatever, but we need a sense of community um, because we can't leave people in the isolation of their trauma. We, we have to come together. Um, and I think nature's like one of the best places to do that in. What, what, what does that collective healing look like? You know, I mean, in the wake of some of the things that we've seen and heard in this sexual violence, particularly in the UK over the last couple of years, you know, what, what would you advise men, women, everybody to do even if they haven't been through an experience themselves of sexual violence what do you advise them to look at or start to think about even i think um i think education there's a there's a role for, for education in this um what we all need to be is is that safe person that someone could you know not necessarily go as far as disclose to you but if there's a story in the news and you're asking really ignorant questions about it, like it can be painful to be with you if this touches you deeply. And so I think there's a role for it. If this is brand new for you, maybe go educate yourself as a first step, but that's not enough. Like this is not just a left brain activity. Then you have to start thinking about, okay, yeah, what can I do? I would then say, our answers to that aren't good enough. Um, I would I would then say, actually, people who are like me, who say that this is my work, this is what I do, I would ask that we get curious about the vessels that we can build for people who do have something to give. I, I feel like the space can be very, I'm here to help you, how can I help you? And not very good at, actually, I could do it with a hand with this. Because it, because it's not like the the space is overflowing with resources and funding and and all of that. We we need we desperately need help. Um, this does need to be about community. So um, I guess get interested. Like, can you be a trustee for your local charity? Can you you know really find out about the space? Because this is going to take all of us taking an interest um, somehow. Well, it's going to take all of us taking an interest in collective trauma intergenerational trauma sexual trauma all sorts of trauma because it's affecting all of us like never before yeah and we are a and world you... in crisis I mean you only had to I mean unfortunately today I've got a relative here so the news is on I mean you only have to spend five minutes watching what happened in the house of commons today to think we've got a government in trauma you know and, and yeah. none of them you know, we're all fighting and divided and having a go. And I mean, it's just to me, it's just a, a, abominable. It's like what 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 century are we living in that we still have all of these systems that are just broken systems? Yeah, I think there's I think we've got a long path and it can and it can feel I think this is the, one of the paradoxes of doing this work. It can feel overwhelming, right? Like it, it's traumatizing. Um, for me, for me, this work is ultimately about hope. Yes. Because it's ultimately about us at our best. Yes. And we can recognize that, you know, when we intellectualize things, when we're the doomsayers, when we judge and shame others, when we meet difference, these we can all read these as oh hang on a minute i'm not feeling especially co-regulated and connected right now like that we're so full of trauma i don't you know it's 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 coloring everything yeah. um and so the path forward is not likely to be political change or lobby or argue or opinions or any of that. And we certainly should stop any ideas we have about this big protector coming in to save us. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be like that. I feel like my work has shifted from seeing the politics of feminism as like a revolution to understanding, no, it's an evolution. We, we actually need to help each other evolve so that we have the emotional 
capacity and intelligence and wisdom to meet each other's differences with curiosity and compassion, with flexibility. And that doesn't mean giving in and losing your politics and compromising. It means caring so much. You want to meet climate change, gender-based violence, racism with the very best of yourself, which the trauma literature will tell you is you're regulated, socially connected, creative, in community self. That's what all of these problems need. Um, and so, so it's, that's, to me, that's what the work looks like today. Um, it, and, and the good news is <laughs> you can do that with your people. You don't need the government to give you permission. You don't need is actually simple work. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's the joy of it. Yeah. And more importantly, you can do it with yourself because, you know, we've got to work with the parts within our own system, each of us, haven't we? And come into our own self-regulation ourselves between the parts in order to, you know, be in our adult or be in our wiser self or our ventral vagal um, so that we can do all of this work. So the inner then is the outer. So we've all, you know, I'm not... I hold my hand up. There are definitely still some parts that need aligning. Mm. You know, yeah. we are. I can, I can, despite all the work that that I've done on myself, I can definitely know that there is still stuff to metabolize. There is still, there are still some old beliefs or things to unfold. Yeah, I think when we meet those with compassion for ourselves yeah we meet them with compassion for others and I think everything that you have just described Nina is kind of the crux of being trauma informed and um something that Lou's written this incredible uh, modality called the voyage which we've started to to train um to train people in and and we've called we've, we've kind of been referring to it as a movement a lot of the time because it's not about like you say it's not just the education and the knowledge it is about creating this collective idea that we are moving together in this direction yeah it's, it's evolution for our survival right mm-hmm. i mean we, we yeah. we're at that stage yeah Planet, personal society and we can do it like we can do this um i I think yeah everything we need is is there and i'm i think sometimes i think part of the problem is with like we call it mental health but we don't really mean mental health do we We mean mental illness and how are you broken and what label i I mean i always (laughs) joke about i don't know about you i don't even know what mental means what is mental but why is it just mental if your body's screaming at you and like, yeah, no sense, and yet everybody still calls it that. Internally, yeah. I kind of go, "Oh gosh, when when can we change?" Actually, we're out of that doing? one. Yeah, no. because because then we can get away from this. Oh, this is about my deficits and my brokenness, and it's like to me, this is all about your personal development. So the reason why you'll never be done with the work is because you will always be getting better. Like you will always be growing, and um, you'll be evolving. And um, that's the gift of this work. And this is why I feel like I work with mountaineers. I feel like people have been on this ride. They've climbed to these heights, but they have some wisdom to share with us. They're like, I had to do this because of the hectic childhood I had or this experience. But this thing that I did can very usefully inspire you to think about how are you in touch with your body? What are your triggers? What do you do when you experience conflict or disconnect? Or, you know, who are your people? What are your external resources? What are your daily practices that mean that you're able to meet the world today with, you know, as good a version as you have access to today? Um, so that I feel like we often place survivors in this kind of, you know, bracket of, gosh, we need to help these people. And isn't it important that we help these people? And that's so correct. It's true. But I kind of I can feel it shifting. I feel like 
all the people out there that know this stuff deeply because it's touched them, I feel like they have a massive role to play in that evolution that we need. I, th I think they are the people to lead that evolution. Um, not to put pressure on people. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm really inspired. Um, but I, I, I think we have a lot to learn from them. If we would just stop framing everything as broken and, and start to look for the wisdom, um, we'd find everything we need. Yeah, I think we all have far more resources than we think that we have. And, you know, when you've overcome or got through some of the things that people have got through and, you know, we've all heard some some stories in our time. I mean, I spent 10 years at the Priory and, you know, every week we'd have, I don't know, 15 life stories. And but boy, getting to the end of them, you think, Christ, mm. you know, through that path and in that journey, you know, like you say, climbing the mountain. Yeah, you might have gathered some rocks and having been, you know, throw them out of your backpack. But you've also got really fit heart and really yeah. strong legs. And, you know, why do we have to focus on the rocks all the time instead of bloody hell? Your your everything else is like, you know, look at the work that you've done to 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 get up the mountain in the first place. Yeah. So, so when something like lockdown happens and COVID or, you know, whichever crisis you choose to bring in at this point in the conversation, it's like, well, what tools did you already have for that moment? Because I felt it and I struggled, but it was familiar. Yeah. Like, cool, I hadn't, I hadn't climbed that mountain before, but I am a mountaineer with experience. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like a lot of my friendship uh, group, you know, we would... We would connect. I mean, the fact that we would connect and have those kinds of conversations is part of it. It's like, I feel like I've been training for this, so it's okay. Yeah. It will be hard, but that will be okay because climbing a mountain is never a breeze. Mm -hmm. But you can meet the challenge with a sense of meaning and connection and with your people and, well, I've done this before. Um, and, with, and with all of this, I, I, I'm, I can hear the back of my head you know, if, if you're somebody who like struggled to get out of bed today, I'm not saying that you're failing. I'm saying that was your mountain today. I'm saying that's exactly it to know what that feels like and to sit with it and to really feel that that is what I mean when I say climbing a mountain. I do not mean you have to write a book and be on the telly and, you know, change Absolutely. the world. Gosh, you just reminded me, Nina, that um, when I was, you know, kind of in a not in a great place and and had some really tough stuff that was going on just going back quite a few years and I remember using somebody said to me I think it, it might have been a friend of my mom why don't you just walk to the shops and back and I said because that feels like climbing Everest yeah, yeah the shops were five minutes down the road and mm -hmm. and so and, and when you were talking about that that just reminded me of that and I did it mm -hmm. and I got back and I remember thinking to myself, I've just climbed Everest yeah. because that was what it felt like to me on that day. Yeah. And if people can't connect with that as a concept, then you have something to teach them about that. Should they ever encounter that in their lives, which they could well do. And I, I just feel like we're going through all of this, you know, you can have quite a, a doomsday kind of picture of the future. You've got a, certainly a generation of young adults, they've been raised in crises. <laughs> Yeah. They, I grew up and there was at least a sense of somebody was in charge and they kind of ish knew what they were doing. But this generation have never had that. Where are their roots? Um, where's their sense of groundedness? They, we need to pass on what experience and wisdom we can because people need to be equipped because I think, I think the terrain might get more hilly for all of us. Um, and it's okay, we can do this um if we prepare yeah and I guess one thing it is doing is it's kind of blowing out the hierarchies yeah. and if you think about the hierarchical structure of everything they've been they've been kind of collapsing ever since the Berlin Wall came down and then you know other things have come crashing down and maybe it is in a way 
for humanity and our liberation to start to not do so much the putting people on pedestals and hierarchies of knowing more than us or gee you know you're the guru or the expert no, no. you know everybody is equal and we're coming into a world hopefully that will start to see more of the equality between us all rather than the hierarchies yeah but then we need to get you know we like to we've been taught to outsource our problems so you, you cannot outsource your journey to me yes. you, you might read something and oh, gosh i hope i inspire you i hope i help you but you have to walk the walk yeah. and but we it's so used to kind of not doing that oh there's a problem who do i call yeah. i think um i think yeah we need to um reconnect with what we are capable of and um and that the lack of hierarchies this is why i love circle like it's literally a circle <laughs> like it's kind of it's i feel like it's some of the most feminist work i've ever done um yeah. uh it's it, it it that's not that's not what the world needs the world does not need um another famous person with lots of followers and like all the rest of it like that's not gonna be the way um it's it's gonna be in in community um i had experienced recently kind of this is my kind of sense of what that feels like um i did not realize how much i was missing elders in my life it hadn't occurred to me I, there were some people i'd read their books and i would feel soothed by you know like connecting with them and appreciative of course of the wisdom but i didn't have people in my life who were not just old but they were elders you know and and that's come into my life in the last couple of years and i cannot put into i cannot do the powerpoint presentation that says well the cause and effect was this that and the other but what I can say is I definitely was deeply healed by the experience of having that intergenerational experience. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I feel like old women might be the most powerful group in like the most needed and powerful group in in our society right now. I'm kind of really inspired by what what happened for me personally just through having access to that and so that's an example of what i mean um it's just about how can we how can i help more people have that experience through the work i do um not just through the process of getting older myself but like by thinking in that way when i design something or build something because i think the work might be really, really simple if we have, the, if it's just got the right container. Um, uh, yeah, it, it sounds to me like what, what you're saying, Nina, is how can we offer that tangible experience? Yeah. That, that experience that, that people can literally kind of reach out and touch and speak to and, and, and be a part of. Um, yeah, true connection. Which, which is just so, so valuable. And, and actually, in a lot of communities, the, the, the elder women are the most reverent. They're, they're, the, they're the most respected still. And it was interesting, actually, I was listening to a, a Gabal Mate podcast and he actually started to talk about this and it really piqued my interest because um, mm -hmm. he was talking a lot about, about that and how that is missing a lot in Western society now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and now now that, if you like, I have experienced that, I now realize I felt so lonely. Like I felt like I was a, alone in my thinking or something. Um, and I, yeah, there was, there was something so simple. It's not like these people like gave me a, you know, they told me something amazing. There was no left brain process here. It was just simply, I guess I could see a path. I guess I could imagine myself that age. Yeah. I want to be that. That's a real role model and to feel held and they've got more experience than me. And I guess as I get older, I'm really appreciating how valuable that is. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and how alone 
I meet a lot of young people, like most of our work is with people at university and loads of passion, want to change the world. But they're assuming they have to kind of, it's on them or they have to come up with the idea or, and it's like, no, <laughs> it's, uh, like, it's in community. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry you don't have good like access to yeah. the stuff. Um, and I don't mean like matriarchy stuff. I mean, I think that the, that's the beauty of like when you find an elder, they will not come at you with the hierarchy. If anyone tells you you should respect them because of their age, that you've not found you found an old person and yeah. not an elder. <laughs> um. <laughs> I agree. And we did have that, didn't we, for most of our lives as human beings and when we were you know clan bearers we did have all of that around us yeah. and in other communities they still have that and I mean even when you were talking I was thinking back I mean I know it's Europe and Italy but the time that I spent there you know the nono and the nonna are the most important members of the family and they are very much revered in Italy um, and I don't know now, I haven't lived there for 20 years, but it made me think coming back even to the UK, wow, we, we're not like that with our grandparents, like how they're not treated as the, you know, not a hierarchical, just about the wisdom that you've got when you're, you know, 60 or 70 or 80, that you can pass down and how much embodiment, how many blooming mountains you've climbed for a start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a few. Yeah, half a century and a bit more, and I've done quite a few mountains. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what are you now, Nina? Where are you? Where are the, you? Well, the where am I question is yeah. constantly changing. Changing, yeah, because um, you've been travelling for the past year. and Yes, so it's been from... a, over a year. So wow. I've, I'm experiencing life as a, as a nomad currently. Um, Love which, it. Um, which I knew would be an adventure. It was one of those things, you know, this will be an adventure and you know you can't know what's about to happen. Um, so... Over a year ago, my partner and I shut the front door of the house we were renting, put our stuff in storage, and we've been in a constant flow since then, um, touring the UK mostly. Um, and it has been, it's been such a learning journey. And I, actually, I didn't realize how much the nomad stuff, um, I hadn't really thought about it, but of, of course, as a species, the bit where we stand still is a relatively new idea. Like we're removing on species because <laughs> you move on because of the weather or the resources. And one of the experiences for me is just, I thought that not having a home would make me feel deeply insecure. And I have never felt so secure. And I think I had to live that to know it because I'm, I've not, if there's a problem, I'm moving on. I don't need to defend anything or worry about losing anything because I have nothing to lose, nothing to defend. I just move on. And um, and now because we've been traveling for a long time and actually one of the main ways we've been doing accommodation is house sitting, which I didn't think would be as successful as it has, but it's been epic. So we've also had this process of trusting strangers and like mm -hmm. I'm in this lovely house in, um, in Scotland, the place is, it's spelt like it's Culross, but it's pronounced Kuros. And um, it's beautiful. And this this lovely couple have gone on holiday and we're looking after their dogs. And it's just been this deeply healing, trusting strangers, people are good. Um, we're driving around in a van that says what we do with our work. So it's got the words sexual harm and relationship abuse emblazoned all over it. And we're meeting people in car parks, mostly men, who are coming up and say, it's brilliant that you're doing that. Uh, it's amazing. And it's just like, it's been this just gorgeous, growthful, the world is safer than you thought. You can trust strangers. Sure, you have to have boundaries, um, but people are good. Um, mm. People want to share. Mm. And um, it's... So we've got this experience now where if I desperately needed a home somewhere to sleep tomorrow, 
there are probably 35 beds in the country at least you know that new ones because you make friends um so it's been awesome it's been about i guess community in a strange way um but we are definitely is we're definitely at the start we were just just can we do this and not think about how is this going to end um but now we know the end of our path will be in scotland it's just so gorgeous up here so our next adventure is finding a home brilliant um, yeah and then so right now i'm in fife um okay. but we've fallen in love with um perthshire it's just oh really just before the Cairngorms is just so beautiful um but, but I guess part of the privilege of doing this is like we live in such a beautiful country I've seen so many parts of it now um and managed to meet rape crisis centers and domestic violence places like in person and it's been really grounding to be in constant flow yeah um so yeah that's been our experience and as i say you can follow our travels on the blog um because uh yeah it's nice to share yeah i'm sure i'd love to read some of those i'm i'm sure we all would so 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 you might settle or you're hoping to settle there and then work wise running some of your circles hopefully yeah i think circles definitely going to be a big part of uh, our future and the outside world nature um and we started thinking you know this is part of the mindset oh that means we have to buy some land and have our own retreat center because because that's what we do in this individualistic kind of capitalistic world but now we've been traveling for a year it's like oh no we can just share like you know there are lots of outdoor spaces um so we think we might set up a few of them and um just create spaces where people can go for the kinds of things we're talking about. But yeah, definitely circle. Um, a lot of that's online. Um, and um, yeah, and still more travel. We've just realized we, we actually do need a home now, you know, like having a dentist and uh, easy access to GPs is kind of important. Um, so it's time to have a base. Um, but I suspect we'll still be driving around in a in a van and enjoying ourselves too. That sounds like fun to me. Yeah, it's like, it's like some weird kind of midlife crisis, like other, other people <laughs> retrain or get a sports car and- Yeah, you know, I was gonna say, I can think of much worse things that people do in a midlife crisis, Nina, than go round in a bus, help <laughs> people heal from sexual trauma. I mean, it's not so bad. Yeah, it's- um. It's been beautiful and I know that this is, I think it's, I'm feeling really grounded because, because I've walked, so that was my mountain and I really walked it and I know it and I will take that with me now through every other experience. I will always have done that. I will always have made that choice. I will always have had those experiences and, you know, when I meet tougher moments going forward, I take this with me too. And I, I think sometimes with the trauma work, we're always so aware of the hard stuff we bring with us. But, you know, the good stuff comes along. Just, it's just as sticky. Um, so it comes along too. Absolutely. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you. And I hope, I really hope for anybody listening or watching either live or later, um, that this has been helpful to and we will put links um, for anybody listening back where do they find you what's your website address that's the best is it consentcollective.com if you go there and you'll see our social justice work um, and you'll find our social media handles and okay. um, yeah come sign up um, and join us in circle sometime yeah I'm sure there are lots of people that I'm thinking of who would absolutely love to do that. So thank you, Nina. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Yeah, it's been great fun. And good luck with the house hunting in person. Oh, yeah, what a pleasure, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you're ever down this way again, please let me know. It'd be lovely to see you. Oh, we will. We're going to make Sussex one of our bases. So we will definitely, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. definitely be down oh, south at some point. 
Fabulous. Trauma Thrivers, thank you for watching. Mel, are there any comments or anything that we need to do? Okay. Then no, we... no, there, there are lots of lovely comments, no questions, but um, comments that I'm sure Nina will go and, and read back because she is in our in our group. We're blessed yeah. to have her there. So yeah, um, yeah so uh, thank you for those that have watched and um, left comments and got involved. Yeah, and thank we'll you. see you all soon. And thank you and take care. Um, bye bye for now, everyone. Mm -hmm.